um, Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. And uh, we're going to continue on the subject of giving and receiving. Continue on the subject of giving and receiving. And um, as you turn to Psalm 103, verse 7, if you don't have this verse marked in your Bible, I want you to be familiar with it. And if you mark things in your Bible, I'll make sure that you, you mark this one. But remember, anytime we talk about giving and receiving here, there's no hidden agenda. There's no uh, uh, you know, uh, selfish motive or intent. But as Paul said to the Philippians and to all of us in, in, in chapter 4, verse 7, that it's not seeking the gift, but seeking the fruit that abounds to your account. Um, the God's Word translation says, it's not that I'm looking for a gift. The opposite is true. I'm looking for your resources to increase. And then the Amplified Version says, not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. So we're not teaching on giving and receiving because the church is in financial trouble, just the opposite. We're, we're so blessed and so thankful for God's uh, bountiful provision for us as a family of faith. And, and um, when I see um, the uh, income to the church increase... I rejoice because that tells me that um, your income is increasing. Amen. The people who who give to this church, there are folks who, there are folks in there, but I don't guess have been in this building that give faithfully uh, to this church because they believe in what what God is doing here, and we're, and we're very thankful for that. And so, again, uh, remember, if you you know, overly defensive means you're overly sensitive. Uh, we've already received an offering. I'm, I'm not trying to you know, whip you up into some kind of emotional frenzy and, and get your money from you, okay? I want to teach you some things that are very important because here's the bottom line, and, and I know some folks are, are turned off by this, some folks are offended by this, but the bottom line of it is your Heavenly Father wants you to bless, be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. And there's not a parent among us, there's not a parent among us that doesn't want good for our children. There's not a parent among us that not only desire you know we don't we not only desire our children to prosper i want my children to be more prosperous than me i I want them we say it this way i want them to have it better than i did amen and 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 that's the heart of god that's that's god's desire for us and he talks about this if you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more so we've got to lose this religious tradition influenced by the world mindset that, that somehow the more impoverished we are, the more holy we are. All right. So let's go to Psalm 103 and verse number 7. It says, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. Now, understanding the act of giving without understanding God's ways concerning giving and receiving is a real problem. It's just, it's a real problem. But people know that the Bible says something about giving and, and even something about tithing and, and that we should do it. Uh, but sadly, uh, many of God's people only understand the act or the practice of giving and they do not understand God's ways of giving and receiving and what, why he wants you to give and why he instructs you to give and what's involved in all of that. Now let's, let's step back for a moment because one of the things that we've talked about around here for years, and, and it's related, but I'm trying to kind of help you see a pattern, okay, is that 
people are trying to live under the New Testament with an Old Testament mindset. And, and things don't work in the New Testament the way they worked in the Old Testament. God's the same, but the operating agreement or the covenant that we have with God is different. And the, the Old Testament was a performance-based system where if you obeyed, you were blessed. Or we could say it this way, it, it was based, your right standing with God was based upon what you did for God. In the New Testament, it's not about what you've done for God, it's about what He's done for you. And so if the Old Testament was a performance-based system, what you could earn, okay, the, the New Testament is a grace-based system. The New Testament is not about what you deserve from God. It's about what God desires for you to have. And as long as we were on a performance basis with him, it prevented him from giving to us what he desired for us to have. But if we're ever going to function as New Testament believers, we've got to help, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit, I should say, to help us and the Word of God to help us develop a New Testament mindset. The Bible says it this way, it's a good thing for the heart to become established in grace. We live in a world that has conditioned us to think on a performance basis, on a what have you done for me lately basis. And that infiltration into our minds, we tend to carry that over into and allow it to infiltrate our, our relationship and fellowship with God. And thankfully, that's not how uh, it works in the New Testament. Now, when it comes to giving and receiving, we see a similar problem. Giving and receiving is God's economy. The world's economy is a buying and selling economy. So in a buying and selling economy, you know, we, I say we, most people in this room, um, you uh, receive money because you're able to sell your time, talent, and abilities, uh, education, uh, understanding, uh, to the highest bidder. Uh, someone who would pay you $20 an hour or $16 an hour or $50 an hour, what, or whatever the case may be. Okay. But even then, that's earning money. You earn money. Did you hear that word? Earn money uh, by selling your time your uh, abilities, your, your talents, your education, what you know, what you can do um, to people in exchange for money. So it's a buying and selling economy. The world system is based upon buying and selling. And that's the economy that we've been indoctrinated into. Our minds automatically default to buying and selling. This is why when, when, when we try to teach on giving and receiving, People associate giving with loss because in a buying and selling economy and a buying and selling mindset that goes along with a buying and selling economy, every dollar that leaves your hand, you should have something to show for it, right? You go make a purchase and we make purchases based upon is that worth the amount of money that I'm about to pay for it, Okay. And I'll tell you one thing that will help you with your budget is if you stop to consider how many hours you have to work in order to uh, put that thing on your shelf or, or in your closet or on your car or, wh or whatever the case may be. I'm not, 
I'm not telling you not to do it because part of prosperity, we haven't got to this, this yet, a huge part of prosperity is not just having uh, things or finances, but it's the ability to enjoy them. There are a lot of folks who have a lot, but they don't enjoy it because of, of fear, because they're afraid that if, if they spend it now, they won't have what they need later, and, and, and this kind of uh, mindset that goes along with a buying and selling uh, economy and a buying and selling mindset. So when we talk about the act of giving, we, we will, a lot of people, they know how to perform the act of giving, but they do it with a buying and selling mindset as opposed to a giving and receiving mindset. And so this is, this is why we've got to understand the ways of God when it comes to giving and receiving, because they're different. They're different. See, a buying and selling uh, mindset tells us you never give to receive. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, some people get offended when I say this, okay? But to, to the degree that you're offended by that is to the degree you're still in, you know, trying to approach this whole thing with a buying and selling mindset. We need to learn sowing and reaping, giving and receiving from a farmer. Not from uh, the owner of a general store who wants to buy low and sell high. And anything he gives, he wants his name on it. This was donated by so-and-so incorporated. Because no dollar leaves his hand without some value coming back to him. And so if we're going to make a donation to the local school, we want our name on something somewhere so that people will know we did it. So he, in essence, gave it, but notice, either in his conscious or subconscious mind, he bought it. I'm I'm getting off into stuff that I hadn't planned to talk about this morning, but somebody's pulling that out of me, all right? So understanding the act of giving without understanding God's ways concerning giving and receiving is a real problem. And when you try to understand God's ways of giving and receiving with a buying and selling mindset, it will always lead you to frustration and confusion. Now, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll look at verses 1 through 4. This is Jesus speaking, amen? Is Jesus teaching us about sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, or is he teaching us about buying and selling here? He's teaching us about giving and receiving. He's teaching us about sowing and reaping. And so he says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. All right, so let's put the brakes on here. I I don't want to take the time to go into the original language, but when he says doing a charitable deed, he's talking about giving money. And specifically, he's talking about giving money to people who are in need. All right? Now, there are uh, different types or kinds of giving, just like there are different types and kinds of prayer. There's different types and kinds of a lot of things that God's involved in. And this particular giving is referred to as almsgiving, A-L-M-S, almsgiving. Sometimes people ask me, Pastor Mark, is it okay if I, if, if instead of giving my tithe 
to the church or to some ministry, is it okay if I just go and give it to people in need? Well, that's ultimately between you and God, but the only way I can answer that question accurately is from God's Word. Now, what, what you do, listen, I'm not trying to micromanage what you do, okay? But if we're going to be biblical about it, and that's what we need to be, okay, um, then the tithe is 10% of your increase, and the Bible says it's to be brought into the storehouse um, and, and so that there will be meat in my house. So I understand that as to be brought into the ministry, into the local church. Some folks pay their tithes to like you know, other, uh, like Brother Hagan or, or Brother Copeland. Again, that's be- between you and God, right? But the tithe is to go directly into a storehouse where others then distribute it, okay? An offering is anything above and beyond the tithe, but then alms, A-L-M-S, this is when you give something to someone who is in need. Maybe you help pay someone's light bill, or you buy someone groceries, or you pay their entry fee into the foundry, or something along those lines. That's almsgiving. And this, I personally operate with, keep it all quiet, keep it all secret. Uh, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing, to, and don't do it to be seen of men, okay? Um, there are some people who disagree with that because they look at some of the public offerings that we do have in the Scriptures, where people gave publicly in front of everybody uh, as honor and glory to God, amen. I, but I don't necessarily believe in that or practice that because there's a lot of room for error there's a lot of room for flesh. Um, I was I was in a service one time when that was happening, you know, and and um, and you know somebody gave fifty dollars, fifty dollars, fifty dollars. And when it came to a three thousand dollar gift, you know, the pastor about got raptured. You know what I'm saying? Uh, three thousand dollars? Can you believe? You know, it's like and and so. But you know what? The one who gave fifty, according to Jesus, may have given more than the one who gave three thousand. And, but anyway, I, so I believe just in keeping it all, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. God sees in secret, he'll reward you openly. But spe- especially, though, when it comes to almsgiving, because you don't want to embarrass the person that you're helping. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I paid Joe's lot bill this month. You know, he's struggling, he ain't had a job, can't hold down a job. But if it wasn't for me, he'd be sitting in the dark. But, you know, see, again, you, you just embarrass Joe. Okay, and to make yourself look better, and, and that's, that's not God's way at all, okay? All right, so take heed that you do not do charitable deeds, give money, give your alms, give to God before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward." So literally, I know this, maybe it's hard for us to believe, but literally they would hire a, a, a band to, to sound off the trumpet to get everybody's attention so that they would be noticed when they give their gift. And notice Jesus says that they're doing that for the glory of men. They're doing that to be recognized by others. And, and, and so it's not a gift. We'll talk about this in just a minute. They're not really giving a gift. They're making a purchase. They're purchasing Uh, accolades uh, from other people he says but when you do a charitable deed do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret 
will himself reward you openly. Now, sometimes in all these instructions, we miss what's really being said here, what this is all about. Jesus is telling us how to be rewarded by God for our giving. He is telling us how to receive something in return from God the Father. He says there's a right way to do it so that you will receive a reward from Him, and there's a wrong way to do it, which means you will not. So if you give to be seen by men, whatever warm, fuzzy feelings you got uh, from that is the only reward you're going to receive. But if you do it right, with the right heart, with the right motives, with the right intentions, in secret, God will not only reward you, but He will do so openly. Now, last week we mentioned this briefly. I want to just remind you one more time. There was an occasion when Jesus' disciples were discussing which one of them was the greatest. And Jesus overheard their conversation, and He interjected Himself into it. And He did not rebuke them for desiring to be great. He did not rebuke them for desiring to be known, for desiring to be famous. But instead, He told them how to be great, how to be known, how to be famous. Sometimes we miss that. We go, oh, Jesus. No, no. He, he says, look, guys, you were created for greatness. Father God put greatness in every person listening to me right now. God created you to be great. Amen. And, and so Jesus is, is telling them, listen, this is how you're great. You, you, don't, you don't become great by putting other people down. You don't become great by elevating yourself above other people. He said that's how the, the, the world does it. They, they, they refer to other people uh, as benefactors. Okay? In other words, they view themselves as benefiting from the people they're over and everyone they're over as being someone who's supposed to cater to them. Jesus says that's completely opposite to the way it works with God in His kingdom. In God's kingdom, if you want to be great, you make yourself a servant. If you want to be great, you humble yourself. Okay. But notice what Jesus is doing here. He's, he's correcting their thinking, not rebuking them for desiring to be great. I'm offering you this morning that he's doing the same thing here in Matthew 6 with money. He's not, he's not telling you you shouldn't uh, expect to receive when you give. He's, he's saying, listen, if you're doing it to be seen by men, whatever reward you get from those men is the only reward you're getting. But if you'll do it this way... My Father who's in heaven will reward you and He will do it openly. So I think sometimes we confuse giving to be seen as the same thing as giving to receive. But giving to be seen and giving to receive are not the same thing. Giving to be noticed and recognized by others is not giving at all. It is buying and selling disguised as giving with the so-called gift, the purchase price, for pats on the back, feeling better about yourself, and confirmed superiority. Right? We, just, we may call it a gift. It's not a gift. And God knows that it's not a gift. Jesus called this making friends with unrighteous mammon. Never forget there are strings attached and costs associated with the world system. The world system is a pay-for-play proposition. The world says it this way, and nothing could be more true about the world system. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And there's not. There's strings attached. 
Sometimes those strings are hidden. Sometimes the strings are nothing more than the person who gave you the free lunch confirming that they're better than you, that they've done more for you than you've done for them, that they have now claimed the moral high ground in the relationship and you owe them. Now, these are the instructions, Matthew 6, 3, and 4. When you do, not if, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and that your charitable deed may be in secret, and that your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Now, the word reward, for those of you who are still struggling with this, just please stay with me. I'll, there's, there's some adjustments here that we need to let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God make to our thinking and our perspective on these things. Okay? And I, have, I am so excited about the things that, that we're going to learn, and the Lord's been teaching me about these things now for several months. And it's almost like, remember I think it was three or four weeks ago, the Lord told me, He says, if you don't deal with this buying and selling mindset, nothing that you say to anybody about this is going to register or have the impact that it needs to have. Because remember how you hear. If you hear all this with a buying and selling ear instead of a sowing and reaping ear, if you hear the teaching of God on giving and receiving with a buying and selling ear, it's never going to make sense to you. You're just going to view it as, as another preacher with a hidden motive trying to get your money. Now, the word reward here is very important. We see it used not just in Jesus' teaching on giving and receiving, but we also see it in Jesus' teaching on prayer and fasting. This whole section of Jesus' sermon was a pattern um, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. Not if, but when. And then giving us specific instructions on how to pray correctly, how to fast correctly, how to give correctly, so that we will then be in a position for Father God to reward us openly. And if we're only doing these things, giving, praying, and fasting, to be seen by others, then we have the reward, uh, the only reward that we're going to receive from the prayer, from the fasting, and from the giving. Now, let me just point out something obvious <laughs> as well. Do you see how Father puts the giving right there with the praying and the fasting? Anybody in this room, anybody in this room says, well, you shouldn't pray to receive anything. No, that's why we pray to receive. We pray to receive for ourselves. We pray to receive for others. The whole reason we pray is we pray because we want to receive something. We need to receive something from God. We fast. And the Bible has a lot to say about fasting. But, but again, fasting done correctly we do it to receive. For, for me, it's, 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 fasting is about um, sharpening my spirit and becoming more spiritually sensitive and, and receiving and hearing wisdom and revelation and understanding from God. But again, the, the whole point behind it is we do it because it's something that God has ordained for our benefit so that we can receive from Him in, in, a, in, a, in a better way, in a more effective way, in, in a faster way. It's all about receiving. And so he's telling us how to pray correctly, how to fast correctly, and how to give correctly, so that we, can, and each one of those, so that we can receive from God openly. The word reward 
in verse 4. And we see this word used in this whole section a good bit. But the, the word reward in verse 4 means <clears throat> the fulfillment of an expectation. I'm gonna, I'm, sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't. I don't want you to get lost in the weeds with it. But this is, this is um, from uh, the Complete Word Study Dictionary, uh, AMG Publishers, uh, Spiros Zodites, if I'm saying his name correctly, um, Greek scholar, put this volumes together. And the Greek word uh, translated reward is the word apodidomi, if I'm saying that correctly. It's a Greek compound word from apo, that's Strong's number 575, and, and that means uh, from, okay? So it's from apo, but apo means from. And didomai, that's Strong's number 1325, it means to give. And when you join these two together, it means to give or to do something necessary in fulfillment of an obligation or expectation. To give or to do something necessary in fulfillment of an obligation or expectation. I want to say that about 17 more times. Because we've been told you shouldn't give to receive. And yet the scriptures, all the way down to the original language, says that when you give correctly, Father will reward you openly, which means what? He will honor His obligation by fulfilling your expectation. If you watch Crime Stoppers on the 5 o'clock news and you happen to have the tag number from the guy who robbed uh, the region's bank in uh, McCalla or whatever, what's the, what's the folks that, that took the forklift and stole the ATM in Gardendale, right? And they, and they say, listen, you, any information you give that leads to the arrest and conviction, you know how the whole things go. Your name, well, you don't have to give your name, blah, blah, blah. You know, $5,000 reward. Well, you saw the guy's tag number. You call it in. They go arrest the guy, convict him. You're expecting your reward. Now, as a good citizen, you may have done it without a reward, and that's good as well, you know, without the offer of reward. But why do they offer rewards for that kind of information? Because they're trying to draw it out of people, right? Why does Father God offer you and me rewards? Because He's trying to draw some things out of us. He's trying to teach us some things about His ways. He's trying to teach us some things about Himself. And ultimately, He's trying to teach us to trust Him. Now, what we have here is something that exposes the disparity between understanding the act of giving while failing to understand the ways of God concerning giving and receiving. Because here he's saying that the reward is Father God fulfilling His obligation by fulfilling your expectation that comes from the gift that you gave properly. You didn't give it to be seen by people. You didn't give it to, to, to have moral superiority and, 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 and confirm your superiority over other people. You did it in secret. You did it from, the, from, from a pure heart before God as under the Lord to, to, to help somebody to further God's kingdom. You gave it, amen? And now, guess what? God, because He's obligated Himself by His Word, there's an obligation to be fulfilled on God's part and an expectation to be fulfilled on your part. Do you, are you, my heart is so full this morning. Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Are you seeing this? 
So who's telling us then? Is is is? How about this? Here, here's one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hadn't thought. The Holy Spirit just challenged me. He said, "Show me in the Word where it says you shouldn't give with an expectation to receive." Show me in the Word where it says you shouldn't pray with an expectation to receive. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this: If you pray and doubt, don't expect to receive anything. But if you pray and you don't doubt, expect to receive. If you give not to be seen by men, get excited. Expect to receive. Because Father God has obligated Himself to you by His Word. You did what His Word said, and He's obligated to His Word. Amen? So when He gives to you openly because you gave to others secretly, He is fulfilling His obligation and He is fulfilling your expectation. All right, let's go back to this one. Anybody remember this? Do God's thing, do it God's way, expect God's results. Those were the simple instructions. I'd never, I'd been an associate pastor, youth pastor, volunteer, all these things for a lot of years in the church. But in June of 98, when Heritage started uh, in the cabinet shop, I had never been a pastor, what they call a senior pastor or what have you. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, you know, I want to do this. I know you're calling me to do this. I'm saying yes to this. But I need some help. And this is what he told me. He said, listen, just do my thing. Do it my way and expect my results. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit later down the road. But when we wanted to borrow money to build this building, banks wouldn't even talk to us until we had a, um, a fundraiser and ask people to pledge money to pledge that you will uh, give a certain amount of money per month towards the building program um, for so many years you know I'm sure they would have probably told us where to look up the thermometer on Amazon you know to put on so everybody know where we are right there's one problem with that giving towards a building program is God's thing But giving because you've obligated yourself to do so is not God's way. He says, do not give because you've obligated yourself. Well, what was the bank wanting? The bank was wanting to see where X number of people obligated themselves to give X number of of money, amount of dollars, for X number of time. That's, That's all obligation, obligation, obligation. I said, well, there's one problem. That's not scriptural, and we can't do that. Sorry then, Pastor Winslet. We can't do business with you. Well, thank God for Union State Bank, Christian-owned and operated bank. God gave us favor with them. They loaned us $600,000 to build this building. How quick did we pay it off, Mom? Yeah. Is that right? Seven months we paid it off? Seven months or seven years? I was going to say seven months. I would have remembered that one. Seven years. They said. They said. They said fifteen years. You'll have to renegotiate it. I said we're not going. We're not. We're going to pay it off before then. Amen. Seven years. Amen. Amen. You, you hear me? But again, listen to me. Listen to me now. God's thing. God's way. God's results. 
we want to do God's thing, but so many times we want to do it our way. See, we want the buying and selling. Banks are into buying and selling, right? They're going to, borrow, they're going to lend us money for X number of percent return. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Are you with me? Now, mom and dad will get really upset with me, but mom and dad let the church borrow at 0% the money to pay off these rental buildings, and we did that in two years? Yeah, one year, two years. Which, by the way, I think we bought that one for 130000 It's appraised for over a million now. And we bought that one for 140, right in that range, right? And it's like 800000 now. That's the goodness of God. And all the units are, are, are full now. And... and Listen, I think I've said this before. We, we've got, like, big corporations. Uh, anybody ever heard of Exit Realty? Exit Realty is going to be our new tenant across the street. And their corporate office will be sending Heritage Christian Center a check every month. Okay. Amen. Are you seeing this? Praise God. All this is paid for now. Goodness of God. I, I get excited. I need to focus. What time is it? Y'all looking like it's late. Amen. Y'all still with me? Let me finish up this part right here. So do God's thing, do it God's way, expect God's results. In Matthew 6, Jesus is telling you how to receive increase from God because of your giving. Let's see here, praise God. How about this? Um, Luke 6, 38. This is Jesus speaking, right? Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That bosom part confuses a lot of people. He's, men in those days wore robes, and when they had a lot of stuff to carry, more than they could carry in their arms, they would reach down and grab the two corners of their robes and make a big pocket. And then they would load that up. If you've ever done that with an apron or, or something like that, that's the, the imagery here is more than you can carry. That ties into Malachi, right? That you don't have room enough to contain. How did Jesus say we receive? By giving. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you. Now, let's go here. Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. N- notice now what he's saying here. He's saying that right alongside the two things you must believe, number one, must believe that God is. That's, I mean, it's okay, yeah. And then like, just right underneath that God is, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is good. God is holy. All these things that we can say about God. Let me tell you what else God is. God is a rewarder. He loves to reward His children for trusting Him. He loves to reward His children for obeying Him. He loves to reward us for doing His thing His way and expecting His results. All right, let's dig it. Let's dig into it a little deeper. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. 
If we take the definition for reward and interject it into this, this is what he's saying. And your father who sees in secret will personally fulfill his obligation and your expectation by openly giving to you in a way that is undeniably him. It's her story to tell, but the Lord has just this week just, I mean, just so shined and smiled on our sister Amy Isbell. And she was just beside herself. Matter of fact, she said, can I quote you on this, sister? She said, she said, Pam, Pam, she said, I'm just now finding out that you can be just as overwhelmed with goodness as you, as you once were with chaos. Right? I mean, it's just the goodness of God overwhelming her, right? Overwhelming her. And as she was laying all these things out, I mean, it's a job, it's a place to live, it works with her school schedule, it works with her daughter's schedule. I mean, it's just, it, it's like it couldn't, it's her story to tell, but it couldn't be any more perfect. And in her excitement, she says, you know, it's, it's like God did this. And Pam said, Amy, he, he did. He, he did it. Amen. He absolutely did it. It's undeniably him. Are you seeing this? When, when, he, when Jesus said, Father himself will honor his obligation and your expectation and he will do it openly. Openly means in a way come on now. In a way that people looking on that's God. That's God. No, that's not. The world may try to call it luck, coincidence, this, that. No, no. That's God. God just did that. Now, I'm trying to help you see the ways of God here. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Real quick. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect is not referring to three different levels or tiers of God's will. There's only one will of God for your life. And good, acceptable, and perfect are three adjectives describing His will for your life. And it literally means beneficial, well-pleasing, all-encompassing. That you may prove the beneficial, well-pleasing, all-encompassing will of God. You may prove it. That people can look at your life and your life becomes living proof of a living God. Where, where you as a living sacrifice become living proof of a living God. And where the ways of God are producing results in your life. Tangible, measurable, verifiable results that the world can notice. And, and it's undeniably God. Ephesians 2 and 7. He says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He wants to make an example out of you. God wants to make an example out of you of His wisdom and His ways and what they will produce in a man or a woman's life. Ephesians 3.10 To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Father God desires to make you an example of His ways and wisdom. 
to make you living proof that His will and desires for mankind are beneficial, well-pleasing, and all-encompassing. Father God wants your life to become proof that He fulfills His obligations and rewards those who diligently seek Him. The world needs to see that it pays to serve, honor, and obey God. The world needs to see it. They need to see it. And nothing gets the world's attention faster than money. Nothing gets their attention faster than money. So no wonder the devil wants people to associate living for God with boredom, restriction, and poverty. Chew on this. God not only wants you to prosper financially, He needs you to prosper financially to prove to the world His ways and wisdom are far superior to the world system. If I had three more hours, I could show this all through the Scriptures. Let's just go to the, to the Hebrew children. They said, here, eat the king's food. We're not eating the king's food, sir, respectfully. We're going to do and eat what our God says for us to eat. And they said, we don't know about that. They said, all right, well, let's do it for a little while and see whose ways. Right? So they did it God's ways. Everybody else did it the king's ways. And at the end of the, of the, of the test period, guess who outshined them all? And guess who wound up being third in command of the whole country? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this, is this helping you or blessing you? Listen, I, 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 um, I've been doing this long enough to know when I, I sense some resistance. And listen, we're, we're live streaming to, 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 to people everywhere, okay? And, and so the resistance may not necessarily be coming from folks in the room. But I, I know that, you know, because again, we've heard our whole lives you shouldn't give to receive. No, you shouldn't give to be seen. You shouldn't give to be seen. Jesus never said you shouldn't give to receive. As a matter of fact, he said when you give correctly, Father himself, reward means what? Fulfill his obligation and your expectation. Openly. So there's undeniably him. It's undeniably the blessing of God upon your life. Now the obligation, we'll dig into that some next week if that's where the Lord leads us, but the obligation part is that, that God has obligated Himself to His Word. He prefers His Word above His name. And if God said, whatever you sow, you will reap. Amen. All right. Father, thank You for this time together this morning. Lord, I know that there have been those who have taken this uh, message and perverted it and have gone to extremes with it and have um, used it in ways, Father, that are not your heart or intentions. But, Father, that makes them wrong. It doesn't make your word wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. If, if someone has gone off the deep end with these things and, and presented them in a way that you never intended, Father, it doesn't change the eternal truth in your word. And it doesn't change that you've put a, an economy, a kingdom economy of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping in your word, Lord, for our benefit, for our financial increase, for our financial prosperity. 
And so, Father, we give as unto you by faith, expressing our trust in you, trusting, Father, that you will honor your word and you will fulfill our expectation, just like the farmer who takes the seed and puts it in the ground, expecting the potential that's in that seed to produce more fruit and more increase for him and his family. Lord, that's how you're teaching us to view the money that we plant into your kingdom. It's not about buying and selling, Father. It's about sowing and reaping. Teach us, Lord. Teach us by your word and by your Holy Spirit. As we yoke together with you, Jesus, teach us as we go about our day, the rest of this day, tomorrow, Lord. Teach us about sowing and reaping when we tip the server at the restaurant this afternoon. Teach us, Father, how to be a blessing Lord, because you've made us a blessing so that we can be a blessing. Teach us how to operate and flow in the blessing, Lord, that's already upon us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for your love. Um, Good things coming to you and yours. Uh, I see some of you, uh, I guess Wednesday, maybe uh, some of you in the morning. Uh, Good things coming.